Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers. A delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything we make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived ingredients, our cleaning products work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. So bring a little bit of the outside inside your four walls and bask in the wonder of a garden from the comfort of home. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Shop now at MrsMyers.com. If you're looking to buy new curling equipment, don't settle for cheap imitations. Hardline came onto the scene seven years ago and is now at the forefront of high-performance and recreational curling equipment. Hardline's ice pad is the best choice when it comes to brush heads, which is why top-ranked pros play with it, including world champions Team Gushu, as well as U.S. men's and women's national champions Team Schuster and Team Sinclair. Whether you're looking for brooms, the Pro Slide Delivery Aid designed by Reed Carruthers, or shoes and apparel, take a look at Hardline and see why they are the number one choice for curling equipment. Show this sponsor your support by going to www.tesn.us and clicking on Hardline's Ice Pad logo. Curling fans, as America's best curling teams prepare to compete on the world stage, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson. Get ready for everything that you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, anything involving Team USA forming and the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea for Team USA Curling is found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson and the 12th In Sports Network crew powered by Isagenics. All right, welcome into the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network, powered by Isagenix, Bryce Atkinson, and Joe Calabrese. We've got a big lineup here, Joe. It's been a good weekend, a lot of great curling, but what another great podcast wait we have here set up on the Extra Extra In podcast to start this week again. You bet, Price. I mean, we've got... Uh, interview uh, as we do each and every week we have an interview with one of those uh, trials teams that's going to be at the trials in uh, November uh, this is going to be uh, this week's going to be Craig Brown and uh, uh, Jason Smith from uh, Team Brown and then we've got a really special guest Price uh, tell them who it is yeah we've got uh, a 2010 Olympic gold medalist from Team Canada John Morris multi winner uh, of the Briar there junior national champion and just an absolutely special conversation that we had with him uh, really just kind of looking at where he is where the game of curling is you know not just here in North America but globally you know kind of getting a little bit of his insight you know into some of these US men's team with the upcoming Olympic trials and Omaha just literally weeks around the corner in Omaha really great stuff from John Morris show very special yeah you know he he touches on a whole lot of different topics uh one of which is just sort of the direction of the U.S. program in general and uh, it's nice to get an outsider's perspective on that as we uh have been talking about that it seems like for the last month and a half ever since the start of this podcast yeah no doubt about it and as we had uh you know a good week in a curling joe as we saw you know team schuster they make a run, qualify for the playoffs. Uh, I, I don't know if we want to get into podcast bump. I, I don't want to say it came to an end, but, you know, Jamie and uh, uh, what Corey, they they do make the finals out there in Seattle, right? Yeah, a mixed doubles event out in Seattle, and it was on TESN.US. Uh, yep. And uh, Jamie and Corey, they wind up in the final. They get beat at, uh, and relatively uh, 
close game, if I remember correctly. Um, and, you know, just another great uh, uh, another piece of evidence of how important that podcast bump really is. Uh, you know, <laughs> we only had half the team on, so they only made, you know, the final. They didn't win at all. So, I mean, but, you know, each week it seems like a different team that we have on uh, does something. I didn't get back with Christopher Lenz to find out if he won his league games, but I'm sure he must have. Uh, we'll have to find out from him next week. Well, I'll just let you and our listeners know that it's not just Richie ruining now asking for the podcast bump and trying to, you know, finagle their way to the final episode before the Olympic trials. It is now. I've even had wives of curlers now trying to hit me up saying, "You got a space before that last, uh, you know, that last podcast before the trials, right, Price?" Right? I said, hold on, pump the brakes here. But you can see everybody's getting on board, Joe. They know what's happening here on the Extra Extra Podcast. No, it certainly can't hurt uh, to get that last spot. And, you know, once I look at it, our schedule now, that trials preview show, we have no guests lined up. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we can work something out. Don't tempt them. Uh, I, I, no kidding. I, I quickly changing gears before we get on to that interview. I wanted to mention uh, the Corbett rink wins in Kalamazoo. Corbett is a Rochester Curling Club, uh, uh, former Rochester Curling Club member. Uh, so I want to always mention when Rochester Curling Club does well. So their team won out in Kalamazoo. Uh, one of those sort of tier two U.S. events we had talked about a few episodes back. It's good to see them get out on the on the road and, and do well, uh, as I know that they are preparing for a Nationals run this year. Yeah, congratulations to the Corbett Rink. But before we go any further, we got a great giveaway here we're going to tell you about in a little bit. But just a little teaser here, Joe. Another nice prize you can win here on the Extraction Podcast simply by listening to us and going to tesn.us forward slash podcast. Tell them about it. Yeah, you know uh, – Probably one of the most important pieces of equipment you can have is what you deliver with. And uh, this week we have the Stabilizer FS1 as our prize. So if you go to uh, www.tesn.us slash podcast and go to that win widget, you can enter to win a stabilizer that you can use uh, as the curling season is about to begin here in Rochester and has begun all across the country. Yeah, and you can also go to tesn.us forward slash podcast, listen to every single episode as we've got episode seven right here live for you. A new episode every single Thursday morning when you wake up. It's that easy. Subscribe to the Extra Extra in Podcast simply by going to iTunes or the Apple Podcast app on your smartphone. Go to the Apple Podcast app, search the Extra Extra in Podcast. It is that easy. Hit subscribe. That way you will get a new episode a notification every single Thursday morning as we lead you up to these all-important Olympic trials coming up November the 11th through the 18th. And Joe, also you can connect with us on Twitter, on Facebook, Facebook and, and social media, another great way for our listeners to figure out what prizes we've got going uh, you know, each week and how they can enter to win. Yeah, you know, you can hit us up on Twitter at 12th End Sports. That's a great way to reach out to us, uh, talk a little bit about what's happened on the podcast. We had some people reach out to us there. They can reach out to us on our website uh, also, uh, kind of let us know uh, what they like or don't like. But, you know, you got to also uh, rate us out on iTunes. That makes a big difference as uh, the Olympic trials are coming up. We want to have more and more people hear about this podcast. And the best way to do it is by rating and giving us a, you know, a, a good review on iTunes. That would help out a lot. Absolutely. As everybody, you know, curling fans, we're going to bring new people to the table here as the Olympic 
games get going in South Korea coming up in February, go ahead and say you are in on the ground level. And that's one of those many, many ways by say you are a subscriber and listening here to the Extra Extra In podcast as we move forward. All right, we've got an interview coming up here in the next segment, Joe. Team Brown, Craig Brown and Jason Smith. We'll talk with Craig and Smitty here in the next segment. And don't forget, coming up in our roundtable, Joe and I are going to talk with 2010 Olympic gold medalist from Canada, John Morris. Two interviews you will not want to miss coming up next here on the Extraction Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network, powered by Isagenics. Have you tried different weight loss programs and are still looking for results? I was too until I found Isagenics, and it didn't take long before I started getting the results that I wanted. Isagenics is a complete 9-day or 30-day weight loss energy performance and health aging program. With over 550,000 customers in 7 countries, Isagenics' science-backed ingredients and products are rigorously tested for safety and will help boost your weight loss efforts by gently cleansing and nourishing your body. Isagenics' cleansing and fat-burning system has helped me relieve daily stress and given me even more energy to play with my kids from sun up to sundown. Every day and every week, I'm coming across and meeting a friend of mine that is also an Isagenics customer. My personal Isagenics associate, Sarah Schuster, helped me take control of my health and, most importantly, my life. Sarah walked me through the entire process, answered every question, and most importantly, serves as my personal daily cheerleader. And she can do the same and more for you. Give Sarah a call with the keyword curling at 218-391-1566 and she'll waive your one-year membership fee. Stop making excuses and start taking control. Let Sarah get you started on a healthier life at 218-391-1566. Isagenics did it for me, and it can do it for you. Welcome back into the Extra Extra In podcast. Price Atkinson here and joined for our guest interview this week by members of the Craig Brown rink. Craig Brown himself and then the man who once I heard call himself the best athlete in the HP performance program and declared it demonstratively, Jason Smith. What's going on, guys? Wow, that's a bold uh, start to the the. the the interview here. I heard it ice side out in uh, in Everett. I, he sat there and was bragging that he was the best athlete in the, because he could dunk a basketball. Craig, is I it true? I catch. I think because I, I could catch a ball. I think that's why I said <laughs> I've, it. I've never seen him dunk. Uh, I've never seen him. Not quite. I've never seen him catch anything <laughs> for that matter either. I don't think. We don't really throw rocks though, so thankfully there's no catching involved. So it's really a bunch of bull, is what you're telling me, right? No, no, no. I'm not going to disagree with that statement, but I'm gonna, uh, <laughs> you're just not. A, it's not bro- as bold as you're making it out to be. Okay, all right. He's well, an athlete. I'm not sure. I'm going to put the t- tag best on him, but he's an athlete. All right. Well, what's been what's the summer been like for you guys in the fall, getting ready for you know what's obviously coming up, a big event here in Omaha at the trials and starting November the 11th. What I mean, it's shorter summer. It's not like a normal year. It's obviously an Olympic year, so you get started a little bit earlier in the summer. What's it been like for you guys, Craig? Well, we kind of started the season right after the season ended last year. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of decided to call it call it a day on 2016, 2017. Uh, and I think it was early April, mm-hmm. mid-April. We started going up to Blaine to the training center, and we had about three practice weekends with just our team 
uh, try and work out some some details and some kinks uh, that we that we thought we had from last season, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> so we kind of kind of got a got a early start, then took our break mm-hmm. um, uh, in you know June and July. We didn't do much of anything, but we had a had another couple camps then since then, and now uh, now we're ready to kick this season off. There's got to be a lot more excitement. I mean, it's just a little bit different, clearly, with so much on the line, trying to you know compete, make the Olympic team. You, something you guys have had a taste of. The one, the two guys on your team, uh, along with Croy and certainly Sean, and then um, Quinn, and you guys have had a taste of this. So you know what this process, this journey entails. You guys have been down this road before. Yeah, yeah. One thing about it, well, since I won the Olympic trials, um, mm-hmm. is it's faster now. Um, generally we prepare a whole season for to peak in February um, through April for our national championships and then hopefully the world championships. Uh, so this year comes a little quicker for us where we're trying to peak a little earlier in November, mm-hmm. um, play our best at that so we can win that, and then, of course, um, play our absolute best in the Olympic Games. So it's a little bit sooner, which is why we got the kickstart on the season a little earlier just to, uh, you know, avoid some of the rust that does come with the off season. so the more we could get in there. During that time, the, the less rust we would have and be able to start our season off right mm-hmm. and get up to that point where we want to be earlier. Did did starting I – mean, you're obviously going to begin earlier as it is just because in this Olympic year with trials in November, but did any of that have to do with how you guys felt you played last season, wanting to erase whether it was a bad taste, good taste, to turn the page quickly and begin on this year's season? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say we had this real bad taste in our mouth yeah. in general, but it wasn't – None of us were overly happy with mm-hmm. how the season went. We had a lot of a lot of games we left on the table, I think, yeah. and uh, so we thought, let's just get an early start, re- reset, and start focusing on this mm-hmm. season. And like you said, we got such an early start with the with the playdowns uh, or the Olympic trials the second week in November. Mm-hmm. There's no time to ease into the season this year, so we. Uh, you know, we were like Smitty said, we're trying to shake shake any rust off or just prevent any rust from getting there in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. As we talked with Craig Brown and Jason Smith here from Craig Brown's Rink, getting ready for the Olympic trials here, November the 11th, get started. And Craig, so let's I'm start with you a little bit here. You, know, you went to the 2014 games as is a is an alternate as a fifth man with with Schuster's team, and you know, what did you take away? You know from that experience that helps you prepare for this upcoming trials and, and hopefully a, a spot in South Korea with your team? Uh, well, that's a good question. Um, I got a idea of what the magnitude of the mm-hmm. Olympics is um, as a, a little bit more as a player. You know, I mean, I didn't – I still don't necessarily feel like I was – I don't know, full-fledged Olympian, as Smitty might say, you know, because he won his spot. Um, I'm not saying I didn't deserve to be there with those guys, and I think I helped him on the way, uh, at the, you know, especially at the qualifier event. Um, But at the same time, there's something still out there for me to to feel like I'm I'm earning it. but I got a I got a good idea of what to expect once I get there. Mm-hmm. I've been to enough national championships. I've been to enough U.S. Olympic trials. 
I understand. I, I already understood that mm-hmm. event and what comes with it. Um, but this time, should we make it to the next level, mm-hmm. uh, that's not going to come as a, as much of a surprise. Yeah, and, and you got to play. I mean, in fairness, you you got the taste of playing in a game. You didn't just sit on the bench. I mean, you got it, you got some action in there. I think that validates you deserve to be there, Craig. Yeah, it was a good time. I had, I mean, I. Uh, it was fun. It was a great experience the whole time, even though the results weren't what we were hoping for. Um, the entire process leading up to it and during was was a great experience and something that I that you know I'll remember forever. And you know I'll also mm-hmm. I'll take away things that should help us yeah. going forward. And I read a story about. Uh, I mean, certainly your sister Erica was there with you, but something that your your dad had asked you guys to walk hand in hand, look at each other, and say, "We did it." You know, at the I think it was at the opening ceremonies, or if it was the closing. I think it was the opening, but that had to that was pretty. That had to have been really special for for you and your sister to to walk into an opening ceremony together. Yeah, that was. Uh, I think that's a pretty surreal moment uh, in any athlete's life who's lucky enough to lucky enough to do it. Mm-hmm. Just the I, I I still don't really have the right words mm-hmm. to explain that feeling when you walk out of the tunnel. Um, but I think it was it was added. Uh, it, it was even better for myself yeah. walking next to my sister and kind of sharing that moment with her. Yeah. As we continue on the 12 end podcast here, the extra extra in Craig Brown and Jason Smith and Smitty. I mean, you had the taste of the Olympics in 2010, right? And playing with Ike and Benton and Schuster. And how did competing on that stage? I mean, the biggest stage in your sport. How did that? maybe change your approach and drive to the game, you know, after clearly qualifying and then being there? Did it change it as you started getting ready for the next cycle? Um, I think it became – back in 2009, I don't think our – I mean, obviously we wanted to win and we thought we could win, but I don't think the necess- like the goal throughout the whole season was we have to be the Olympic team. We have to be the Olympic team. It was it was mainly just so we could get better and better yeah. um, throughout the season and then hopefully – um, put ourselves in position to win, and thankfully we did win. Um, the big thing is just a, like Craig was saying, the magnitude of the event. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean, it, technically it is like world championships with actually less teams. Yeah. But with every other sport having their world championship at the same time, um, and the media coverage that currently gets at that point is just makes it a whole, whole different level. Um, so the positive, like Craig was, you know, we talked about Craig mm-hmm. um, being able to go, so he'll. It's good that our skip, you know, got an understanding of that and what it means. There's not going to be he's not going to be thrown in, you know, kind of without knowing any any information about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be big. And but it's just, you know, I came back because I wanted to, you know, I want to win a medal at the Olympics. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a, you know, left a bad taste in our mouth after 2010 with uh, performing poorly when we had so many chances to, you know, win games and um, have a better record than we did. Yeah. So it was definitely a goal. Um, you know, I left the game for a while, but then. Uh, you know, miss playing, and then it became the goal of you know, you know, beating that, and that's not. Uh, I don't want two and seven to be my curling legacy. Yeah, and, and as you mentioned, you I mean, you took a little bit of time away, and, and before you came back, got the you know bug again, being around so many I know fellow competitors, you know, in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. But you know, in 2010, what there was I don't want to call it drama, but the situation that happened within the team, you ended up throwing, I believe, was it fourth stones there. How? What did you learn from about your game at the time, and, and what this that situation and where you needed to be going forward? 
Well, so, well, I mean, it's, it's two different sides, right? I mean, sure. so like Schuster and Ike and I have been friends forever and obviously we've, we knew Benton, yeah. you know, our entire curling lives, but, uh, Schuster and Ike, you know, we were all really close. So we had two sides of it. We had the curling side and mm-hmm. also our friendship side. Yeah. Um, I remember, um, you know, finding out that I was throwing last and it, it was so kind of hit both sides. Like I wanted to win. And, you know, also I felt, uh, you know, hurt for, you know, my teammate. Yeah. Um, we didn't want to, uh, you know, anything bad like that to happen. And it was, it was a mess. Um, you know, we got out of it, mm-hmm. you know, fairly okay. And, you know, but it, it didn't make us make John look any better when we won our next two games yeah. um, with me throwing last. Um, but he would have won those two games probably more, you know, more convincingly than, you know, the team did what I was throwing last. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's all, it's about winning. That's the big thing is it's about medals there. Yeah. You know, you're not, uh, you're not there to gain experience and you're at the Olympics. You're, you can't say you're there to gain experience for the next one because they only come every four years. You only have so yeah. many you can choose from in your life while a world championship, you can say, okay, well, it's my first world championship. You know, I'll have many more of these, you know, they yeah. happen every year. You don't really have that opportunity at the Olympics. You're expected to perform well, win medals mm-hmm. and win games. All right, Craig, uh, you know, obviously you got uh, Quinn as your fifth, but uh, your other teammates who uh, you guys are preparing, getting ready for, but Croy and uh, Sean Baton. Sean Baton, Sean seems like he's kind of a steady Eddie, kind of, you know, a calm guy. Croy seems he's one of the, the – I love watching him on the broom. I mean, there's a few other guys I love watching boss the broom than Croy. Just talk about what those two guys bring to the team as well as Quinn. I think that uh, Croy maybe fits the – steady eddie okay label that she gave to sean a little better he's uh you know mr kind of calm and quiet and maybe sometimes to a fault Mm -hmm. uh one of the things that we're working on and have been working on uh as a team but uh you know he's he's he doesn't say a whole lot uh when he does it's usually a pretty good idea to pay attention Mm -hmm. um but uh you know and Sean he's he's out there and he's just trying to do his job the best he can every day mm-hmm. um and you know trying to keep it a little light for us at times um i think Smitty probably fills that role <laughs> the the keep it light job a little better than Sean but um you know there's there's five of us out there uh yeah. you know every week and if uh if one of us is off it affects all of us and so we're trying to you know really focus on making sure that we're all doing the right thing uh on the ice and off the ice yeah absolutely and smitty i you know craig's got the reputation of being a you know quietly intense very intense skip fair assessment yeah yeah for sure yeah there's uh you know most of the time craig is pretty uh you know he's fair and you know level-headed but uh there's there's a couple occasions when uh he'll get upset and he'll show it and that uh you know the fire comes out which i i think it helps our team um when it's in a positive way obviously we don't want uh any negative vibes out there from anybody yeah um but it, it'll help our team it gives us a kick in the butt a little bit uh you know hey we gotta we gotta make something happen this end 
now I haven't been around Craig a whole lot, but I can probably count on one hand how many times I've seen him, you know, flash a big smile. What do you do? Because he mentioned the light, you're the lighthearted guy. How do you get this guy to smile? I know you got some jokes. I know you got some th- some of the crazy things that, that happened to you. Come on. What do you do to get him just to come on, chuckle just a little bit, have a little fun? Just one liners and quotes. You know, <laughs> we'll, uh, he'll come down to one end and or it, it, it's really, and it kind of depends on the situation. And most of the time, it's something that'll happen off the ice that we'll be joking around about that we can bring out onto the ice and. Just kind of, uh, you know, keep us loose and keep us uh, having fun out there. I mean, it still is a game, and we have to be having fun, first of all. Yeah. Um, we know we have a job to do, and our job is to win, but uh, we have to enjoy what we're doing, too. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to say in my defense. <laughs> I, Please, Craig. I look a lot more angry and uh, upset on the ice than I actually am. Uh I understand that I've seen I've seen the games on on uh, TESN and and whatnot. So I I can tell that I look like I'm more upset and angry and whatnot than <laughs> than than I actually am. And off the ice, I like to think that I smile a little yeah. bit more often than on. But uh, so, so maybe we need a maybe we should institute some emojis or something during a uh, Craig Brown game during the Olympics when we have it on TESN just, this year. Maybe yeah, just flash it right over my face, a big smiley. Yeah, or something. I don't know about that, but I'll try and give you an extra smile or two. <laughs> no, didn't. well, Craig, I know your family. You've you know you got you got Munchkins. You know, have they gotten involved in curling? Have uh, I know certainly your you know first family of curling, but have your kids have have they started hitting the ice a little bit? I know it's one of those things where you just kind of probably let them pick it up as they want to, but being around the ice, have they got any interest? Or? Uh, my youngest Henry, he he's too young he doesn't yeah. have any interest yet he's just trying to figure out you know <laughs> what thing he can climb on at sure. the club or the arena or whatever uh my oldest martin he he kind of surprised me last year because he was home i don't know if he was homesick or had an in-service yeah. day or something from school so i'm watching him and i had to go down and throw some practice stones and i thought he was just going to kind of run around the club and uh, you know, I brought a couple toys for him to play with, and two minutes later, he walks onto the sheet next to me without even asking, and he just starts, gets, puts both feet in the hack and starts running out to the hog line, and about five feet before the hog line, just slides on his knees and <laughs> gives the rock a shove down the sheet. And I thought, okay, well, we'll just let him go with this. I'm not going to give him any feedback. And the first one, I can't remember if it went way short or way long. And the second one, he hit it. Hit full eight foot. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, all right, maybe this guy's going to be better than me in no time. So he's tried it a couple times, but he's he's still too small to, yeah. to actually curl. Um, so I'm sure he'll take an interest at some point, but I'm going to let that happen as yeah. it happens. Something tells me he had fine brown form when he let that one stone go yeah, and pushed it down. It, it was all right. All right, wrap it up here with Craig Brown and Jason Smith. And uh, Smitty, you played mixed doubles with Monica Walker, and I know you got the Olympic trials uh, in December. I think maybe a little bit, a little not, bit more work to do there. Yet. We're not in yet. Yeah, but you, you, you seem to have a game that's really well suited for mixed doubles. Uh, yeah, yeah. So growing up, uh, played a lot of one on one. So throwing, you know, not throwing at a broom was n- nothing new. Um, so that uh, definitely plays in my favor. And then just you know, cold draws. Um, you know, Monica's a great sweeper too. I'm not saying yeah. that she can uh, definitely carry rocks, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a game that I enjoy playing. It's uh, it's different. It's fun. It's 
um, you know, and playing with Monica is great. You know, we get along very well, so it's, uh, yeah. it works out really well for us. All right, last question. This was one from Joe. He wanted me to ask Craig, a special one from Joe Calabrese. He said, uh, if you put together a team of four skips for the trials, current U.S. skips, who would the, your four-man team be and who would the skip be? Well, I don't think you could put four skips – Four U.S. skips on the same team. I don't think that None would work out very sweeps. well. This all. is fantasy land here, yeah, Craig. That's simply all this is. I'm going to go outside the box here. I'm going to put Farbs at skip and Mike Farbolo. Yeah. I'm going to let him skip. All right. Uh, I'll probably let Rojeski play second. He's, all right. He's been lighting it up on the summer spiel circuit this yeah. year. So, and he he's going to either be second or third. Um, do I have to be on the team? You can. I think it'd be a natural if picking right. your own team. Well, then I'll 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 play. I don't know. I don't know what position I'm going to play though. Well, Schuster already played lead in the Olympics one time, so he'd be probably fitting that lead there. There you go. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I want John on the team. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Tough decisions here. Um, Tough decision, Craig. Well, well, all right. We'll just say we'll put John at lead, and then I'll I'll play third. For Farbs, and then uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to think about a fifth player to bring along. We're going to need another skip because I'm sure at some point the four, the four of us the four of us are either going to collapse because of sweeping problems or uh, or just arguments. We're going to need to get we're going to need to get somebody out of that game and put put a new new player in. But there you go. Well, that's that's it. Craig Brown, Jason Smith, certainly from. Uh, team Craig Brown, along with Croy Nurnberger and uh, Sean Baton and Quinn Evanson. Guys, good luck. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Extra Extra In podcast. All the best. Cannot wait to see you guys on the ice in Omaha. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Bryce. Specifically designed by Earl Morris, three-time Briar competitor, 1998 World Junior Coach, and Coach of Team Canada, the stabilizer is the only curling and sliding device of its kind with a patent and an extension option. The sliding pads on the three points of contact with the ice help ensure a quiet and smooth delivery directly towards the target. The stabilizer will help square your shoulders, take pressure off your knee, stabilize your delivery, and improve your game. By keeping the brush hand at a similar height as the delivery hand, the stabilizer helps keep both shoulders level and square to the line of direction. Whichever model you choose, it will provide a solid sliding platform that stabilizes you, making the delivery easier and more consistent for curlers of all levels. This week, we're giving you a chance to win the FS1 Stabilizer. To enter, go to our website at www.tesn.us slash podcast and use the widget in the upper upper right-hand corner of the page. Back into the Extra Extra Podcast, Bryce Atkinson and Joe Calabrese, and man, this is a this is a special treat here. Joe is you know you don't get to talk to an Olympic gold medalist every single day, but John Morris from Canada, 2010 Olympic gold medalist, uh, winner of the Briar, uh, three time Briar champion. Just what an honor this is, Joe, to have uh, you, John Morris. Thank you so much for your time here, John. This is uh, this is a treat for not just Joe and I, but I know all our listeners right now listening in. Hey guys, well it's my pleasure. Uh, I heard that you know about your uh, podcast that you guys were launching and. I'm uh, I'm happy to be able to be on it. Thanks for having me. 
Wow, this is a, this is an honor, and you know, let's go ahead and get going. As we just got so much ground to talk about, as I know for you guys there in Canada across the border, like it is down here this year. I mean that that season begins ever so early, and you guys really, I mean, your season's obviously far underway. But really, it's kind of everything is is pointing toward those pre trials there in Summerside coming up November sixth through the twelfth. As you got to finish in the top two to gain one of those spots in the Olympic trials. Just real quick. How has the season gone for you guys so far, John, as you guys get ready to try and peak at those pre-trials in Summerside? Well, you guys are right. You know, it seems like every year the curling season starting earlier and earlier, and this year we were on the ice uh, in August for the first time. And uh, so, uh, you, know, I, you know, that's what you got to do to try to stay at the top here because it's becoming so competitive not only in Canada but all over the world uh, these days. Uh, but um, yeah, so for us this year, yeah, we've been we've played in three events so far, um, and uh, we got a, we have a new player on our team this year. We brought in a guy from from uh, from Saskatchewan for our, our Olympic run. So uh, you know, for the most part, we're trying to uh, you know develop it and and uh, and evolve as a team as quickly as we can, uh, so that we can be peaking for those um, those those uh, pre trials in Summerside. So. So far, it's been uh, it's been we've had a, a good season. We've had two great events, uh, one in Edmonton uh, and one in Saskatoon, and uh, saw some really high quality curling from our team. So that's promising, and uh, we're just going to continue to to work at it as as hard as we can, so that uh, you know we're feeling a hundred percent going into Summerside. You know, John, uh, there's a stacked lineup going into that road road to the roar, which is the uh, Canadian pre trials. You know what? Besides all the competitions that you've gone to uh, early in the season here, what has gone into your preparation knowing for months that you've had this opportunity to represent Canada again, should you qualify through the road and then win the Olympic trials? Well, you, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Like the, the, cur- the landscape, uh, the curling landscape in Canada really seems to be changing more so in the last few years than I've ever seen it. You know, when I was playing with Kevin Martin there back in 2010, it seemed like it was us and, and Glenn Howard for uh, you know three or four years going head to head, and and uh, and then there was a bit of a level maybe uh, below us. Uh, you know. But nowadays, uh, you know, you have a different Canadian champion every year. You had Brad Gusu there the one year. You have Kevin Cooley, and now you have uh, um, Brad Jacobs, and uh, so it's just been you know it's been changing ever so uh, so quickly every season. And even in the the field and the free trials, you know, you have teams that uh, you know just just squeaked into the pre-trials but now all of a sudden they're having really good years this year and they're playing better than even some of the top uh, 10 teams that are out there so it's definitely going to be an interesting battle and going into Summerside I don't think you can count any team out you know whether they're ranked uh, number one or number number 12 going into that event Uh, you know what from what I've seen from all the teams this year so far uh, it's going to be a a crapshoot and uh you know, it's going to be, a, you know, something as a fan, it's going to be a heck of an event to watch. So, uh, yeah, it's going to it's going to take everything we got to get out of that, that's for sure. And, John, obviously the Briar is, is the premier, one of the premier events in the world every single year. But, you know, when you look at the pre-trials compared to the Briar, sometimes you go in, in talking with the Canadian curlers, I was talking to um, uh, Warren back at, in Omaha, you know, and he was telling me about, you know, you can go into the Briar a lot of times and knowing that you have four to maybe eight at max teams that can win it. 
But the trials is obviously a, a lot different because you just talked about any one of the 12 teams can come away w- with a win in the Olympic trials. Yeah, you know what, guys? Like the, the depth we have in Canada now, as far as, especially on the men's side, I figure is, you know, is, uh, is I was at the, the, the most depth we've ever had, I, I believe. You know, you look at the last trials we had, and, and uh, it was our team uh, and Jacob's team that snuck out of the pre trials, and uh, we were the two teams in the final. And, um, you know, so it's, it's just so hard to, there's so, so little separating each team, uh, that's in the top 10 or 15 in Canada now. Uh, and it really, I think it's good for the sport. You know, it's really uh, driving a lot of teams to get better and better. And it's great for a uh, spectator because, you know, you don't, um, you don't have those blowouts, uh, you know, and just two teams always, you know, competing for the title. And, and in comparison to the prior, uh, you, you know, you're exactly right. It's, uh, when you're when you're bound by province and territory, uh, there is uh, you know inevitably uh, teams that don't get to travel as much and uh, and would be considered weaker teams that uh, that are in the field. Um, but even nowadays, you know, even with your teams like the Northwest Territories and uh, you know you know other provinces that historically has been mm-hmm. has been weaker, you know, you see those guys uh, pulling off some upsets and. Uh, you know, so there's definitely no free free squares on the bingo card at the Briar even anymore, and and uh, it just makes I think for for overall better, you know, better quality of Corona in Canada, and it's uh, it's nice to be part of that. Yeah, and obviously I met uh, my friend uh, and our mutual friend, I'm sure Warren Hanson. You know, there I, I should have clarified that there with you, John, as we're talking with John Morris. Uh, you know, 2000. Uh, in 10 Olympic gold medalist, three-time Briar champion, 11-time Grand Slam winner. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at Johnny Mo Curler, Joe. Yeah, Johnny, you know, I haven't been on tour for a while. What are you noticing about how the rest of the world is preparing and competing at a world stage? And are you seeing teams from around the world and in the United States making progress in international play? Well, what I'm seeing this year, I was a little surprised at the world last year. Uh, Gushu sort of, you know, train roll, steam roll through that pretty, uh, you know, quite easily, I would say. He had... Yeah couple of tougher games against Adin, but even Adin, I felt at that stage of the season wasn't as strong as he was maybe uh, at the start of the season. But other than that, there wasn't a lot of teams that gave him much trouble, um, which I was surprised to see because, uh, you know, this year already, you know, these, uh, you know, specifically a few Asian teams have been phenomenal. We've played against a team from China. Uh, they have a great coach in Marcel Rock there that's, uh, you know, really brought that program, um, elevated that program. Uh, and uh, we've played against a, a team from Korea who I'd never played against until this year, and I swear they probably they must have played 97 or 98 percent against us in Saskatoon there to beat us in the quarters. And uh, you know you're seeing some uh, maybe because it's an Olympic year and you know with other uh, international countries are just ramping up their um, their training and everything. But uh, you know the one thing that those teams I really feel have an advantage of is uh, one is that they're they're hiring some good talent to really run their programs. I know that there's some really, uh, you know, really good, smart uh, Canadian uh, coaching staff that, have, that's, that is going over there and, uh, and, and uh, you know, training those nations. And as a result, they're getting really strong. Um, and, uh, you know, also, it, it's actually good to see. You know, I, for, I like seeing curling, you know, doing well internationally. I think, you know, for our sport to grow, we have to see that. And, um, but at the same time, these teams, the one thing that separates them a little bit from us Canadian teams is that it's really, it's quite a challenge in Canada to, 
to curl full time. You know, like it's uh, unless you're you have exceptional sponsorship and you're number one or number two on tour, it's just uh, you know hard to, to to support a family and make ends meet if you're uh, if you're if you're a curler. That's why we all most of us have uh, have day jobs uh, a lot of the time, and and as a result, we just uh, you know specifically can't put the the amount of hours in. Uh, that uh, that these international uh, countries are putting in now, and it's um, you know it's it's uh, it's a bit of a catch twenty two because I you know I love seeing the international countries doing better uh, you know <laughs> on tour and uh, but at the same time you know I, I hate I hate uh, seeing us you know us lose to international to other countries because it's uh, you know it's, it, historically we've dominated them and it's uh, it's sort of painful pill to take sometimes. Yeah, no doubt about it. As we're talking with John Morrissey, 2010 Olympic gold medalist from Canada. And, you know, that was a perfect segue, John. And, you know, wanted to ask you about how important is it in your mind that, you know, the, the United States, you know, specifically succeed in world play, whether it be at Worlds, at the Olympics, to bring about some of those kind of, you know, monetary purses that can help curlers succeed at a professional level on par with some other sports, no matter what it be, whether it be golf, tennis, you know, those kind of sports. How important is it for the United States to see success on the world level? Well, you know what, uh, just like any other sport that we've seen, whether it be golf or hockey or, you know, like it's it's vital that uh, that the U.S. is a, is a major, um, you know, is a major force uh, in that sport. And, and uh, if the U.S. does well, uh, at curling, whether it's at the Olympics, you know, specifically at the Olympics and also at world championships, it really helps put curling on the map. And, uh, that's what we all want to see. And, and I know, uh, I know those, uh, those, uh, a lot of the U S curling teams personally, and there's a lot of great guys in the program. And, uh, you know, I, as much as I still want to kick their butt every time I'm playing them, you know, when I'm, when I'm not at the world and I'm watching them play at the world, I'm cheering hard for them to, to do well. Cause uh, I want to see, curling on NBC in the States. I want to see it grow um, because uh, I know, how, you know, it, it's funny because when I talk to Americans and I've done that, gone down there and done the odd clinic uh, and support the game down there in the past. And it's amazing to hear, you know, to hear them say, you know, I've never seen this sport before. And then I saw it at the Olympics and I went to try it out and man, is it ever a great time. Not only is it really yeah. social, but it's, you know, it's such a, a great sport. So I think it's just the exposure we really got to work on. With Amer- with uh, with America with the U.S. and and uh, we need those U.S. teams to to really um, to really uh, you know do well at the at the Olympics to to help bring that exposure to the country. John, let's pivot to some of those U.S. teams uh, who are in our our own Olympic trials here. And so we've got uh, Craig Brown, Heath McCormick, uh, Brady Clark, uh, John Schuster, and Todd Burr. I was wondering if you maybe had any insights on any of these teams. Have you played any of them in the last couple seasons? What What do you think about these teams going into the trial? Well, you know, I've, I find with those teams there, um, I, I guess your most consistent team would be Schuster. He's, uh, uh, you know, every year he's in the mix and, um, you know, is, uh, is right up there with some of the best teams in the world. And uh, with those other teams, you know, I've played them in the past uh, and it seems like they can all be, you know, one day they can be uh, really good and almost beat anyone, and then other days uh, seem to struggle, uh, you know, considerably. So I think the the consistency, uh, you know, might not quite be there with with those teams. But I know I've played them all. Like Brady Clark, uh, had some good battles with him along uh, over the years. Same with uh, Craig Brown and Heath McCormick. And so there's there's you know there's there's lots of there's some good talent on those teams, and 
and I guess it's just a matter of consistency. And, um, you know, I, I have to say, I'm, it's, uh, I don't know if we were going to talk about the, the, the process in the U S like the trials process. And, you know, I, I have to say it is a little bit, uh, it's, it's tough to see, you know, like, and I, you know, I, we have, you know, we have beers with, with, uh, these American teams a lot on tour, just, you know, while, while we're waiting for the event to start or, or after, you know, like the event's over while we're watching some, some football or something. And, and uh, I have to say, I feel for them a bit because I feel the process in the U.S. is a little bit uh, uh, challenging as far as the, you know the, the trials process is concerned, and and uh, it seems like uh, there's some some picking and choosing going on. And and uh, I know as an athlete that would that would be frustrating for myself. And I think that uh, I would love to see in the future the program get a little bit stronger and uh, and uh, also have more of a um, uh, a system that's uh, a bit more commonplace uh, that uh, would, you know, might uh, allow uh, teams to thrive a little bit more. And, and uh, you know, re- and without going into specifics, it's just I know it's it's been a challenge with that system. And I can say this because I'm Canadian, and uh, you know, we're lucky to have some great, you know, a great system in in, in check here to uh, to produce some great teams for our country. And and I would really, I'd like nothing more than to see uh, a bit more of a a better system in place in the U.S. and to see some great countries, some great teams come out of there and develop there because I'm cheering hard for my American neighbors and it'd be nice to, to see that happen. So, yeah, as we're talking with John Morris again, you can follow him on Twitter at Johnny Mo Curler, author of Fit to Curl. Curls out of Calgary, 11-time Grand Slam champion, 2010 Olympic gold medalist. I know he's going for another one of those gold medals. But, you know, John, I'm curious. You mentioned the U.S. process here, and obviously it's been a it's been a hot topic, certainly on the men's side. And, you know, picking and choosing, as you mentioned, is, do you think it's something really that – is it process, or do you think this is simply something that we could solve in America where we just continue to develop the benches and, and the depth of the elite curlers here in the u.s like across the border like you guys have in canada well i think there's a couple things in place uh that that uh, might need to be rectified one of them i would i would get a, a you know one or two people involved that have a really good um and and sort of a championship pedigree um and uh you know nothing against anyone that's in there right now because i know there's some really great you know yeah. good people that are involved but I think you need to bring someone like, for example, in our national team coach is, uh, is Rick Lang. Mm-hmm. Rick Lang was, 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 uh, you know, I think he's either a two or three time world champion. Uh, and he, he just really gets it. He's, uh, you know, we work with him, uh, when I was with, with, uh, Pat Simmons team there when we were team Canada and, and he is, you know, he really gets it and he really adds a lot to the program, um, you know, for us. And I think that adding someone with a, a pedigree like that to the mix would be very helpful especially in the decision-making process, because I think that, uh, you know, that hasn't been maybe been the case in the past. Uh, and I also think that um, developing our, our young curlers, uh, you know, th- right now you see like Nina Ross and, and Jamie Sinclair and, uh, you, know, the, you know, the Dropkins and, and some of the younger cur- curlers yeah. on the men's side. I think that you need to have a really good program in place that, uh, you know, that really takes into account proper training proper nutrition, um, proper preparation, mechanics. And, I, um, you know, I don't know exactly what they're doing in the States right now, but I know a lot of it's very technical-based, and there's some video-based and some stats-based, and I think that that's a little bit off course with what should be uh, emphasized. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, if, if there's some, some changes made that way, you, you produce and develop 
um, uh, the curlers, uh, you know, your young curlers, uh, and really, you know, really get to mm-hmm. to uh, to see their potential. And, and then and then you add a couple guys in the mix that have a really good championship pedigree that can that can run this program and really, uh, br- you know, bring it to a new level. And, and uh, so that that's where you know, without knowing you know too much about uh, about exactly what's going on in the U.S. Uh, that's for, from an outsider's perspective. That's sort of what I see and and what I hear, uh, uh, you know, on tour. So let's change gears once again, John. We're gonna switch gears now to the World Championships. They're in Las Vegas this year. Uh, you played in the Continental Cup in Vegas in 2016. Outside Canada, is there a better destination for worlds? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I've had uh, probably the most. That was one of the most fun events I've ever had in my life. Uh, in Vegas, it was so cool to see, uh, you know, fans from all over the world uh, come into Vegas just to, you know, to enjoy that atmosphere. And it was, you know, the only thing that's tough is as a, as a competitor, as an athlete, you know, is trying to stay focused on the curling while you're there is uh, is a challenge. So, but I'll tell you what, I'll never forget uh, when uh, when we won that uh, Connell Cup on the last shot there a few years ago. And uh, and I remember Matty Hamilton uh, and I, uh, we brought that that uh, cup with us, uh, you know, I think till the wee hours of the morning. And we were we had a there was about a couple hundred fans with us, and we were all uh, you know enjoying a couple of celebratory drinks out of that cup. And it was just a really real cool uh, cool event because that doesn't happen very often. So I'm I'm really I'm really glad that uh, Vegas has has got into the curling mix. Uh, I think it's it's outstanding. Um, the, the city, you know, with that uh, history and that much excitement, is uh, has taken taken curling um, under their wing, and and hopefully, uh, you know, will be another will be a, a good factor as as to uh, you know helping helping the the sport of curling grow in the U.S. So it's uh, I'm excited. I love I love seeing an event there in Vegas and. We'd like nothing more than to be there. You know, John, I can't think of a uh, a better way to draw Matt Hamilton out, a championship win, a championship <laughs> trophy, a crowd around him, and everybody going nuts in Vegas. I can't think of anything more Matt Hamilton than that, John Morris. Yeah, that's where we, we – you know, I don't know if he was called the Muzzinator before that, but he was uh, – he sure was, uh, you know, our best uh, – one of our best teammates and cheerleaders and – and uh, yeah, he, he brought a smile to my face every time I saw him. So he's, uh, he's we're we're good friends now. I actually took him hunting up here uh, in Canada last year during one of the slams, and we both love to cook. And so uh, he's one of my one of my better friends uh, in the USF for sure. Yeah, Matt Hamilton, he's a great guy for sure. As we're continuing with John Morris, starting to wrap up here again. Follow John Morris on Twitter at Johnny Mo Curler. 2010 Olympic gold medalist, author of Fit to Curl, Curls Out of Calgary. Again, he and Dean Gimmel authored that book. You know, really just diving into the fitness of what it takes to be in a curler at the elite level now. But, you know, something I'm curious about before we get out of here, John, and I know John's, uh, Joe's got one more for you. You know, you were one of part of the one of the great lineup switch moves of all time in 2015. You know, and Pat Simmons recently described the idea for you and Pat to switch positions, you know, en route to the Briar title is your idea but those type of lineup changes aren't taken lightly certainly not here in the u.s you know what made it a good idea at that time and what are the right conditions for a team to make a change like that is you were the skip and move from throwing the last rocks to throwing third and pat is the is the vice skip to throwing last well you know what uh you know that was that move there at that briar like sometimes you're in a situation i've seen it more so than been in it 
I've seen it with other teams more so, but where things just aren't working. You know, like a perfect example is a guy like uh, Reed Carruthers. You know, he he played second for a few years for um, for Jeff Stout, and they had one great year together, but yeah. I don't think he was thriving in his role as a second. And now you see him skipping, and he's uh, he's re- you know he's outstanding as a skip. You know, and, and same thing with Pat. Um, you know, he played. He had some good years with Cooey, but uh, you know, I think that his I played against him when he was a skip in Saskatchewan, and um, you know, he didn't have the strongest lineup in front of him, and he would win games on his own. And we were in a situation where we were two and three. Um, I found that uh, we just we just didn't have the right pieces in place that. We're gonna we're gonna win us a championship, and um, and I felt that you know if we continue on the course we're going, we'll end up 500. You know maybe right around 500, miss the playoffs, and then our team would have just sailed into the sunset because I know two of the guys were planning on retiring, and so um, it was a, a gut, an instinct decision that uh, you know I think if you have you know the good the, one of the great things about that team is you know we had four guys that we just wanted to win and we didn't care what position we we're in or. You know, we'd play. We'd been on tour long. You know, we'd play long enough that it didn't matter who got credit or any of that. You know, stuff. It was just a matter of what do we got to do to win? Because we're sick of, we're sick of not winning here. So, um, so we had. I remember calling that that meeting uh, that night, and and uh, the guys were pretty surprised. But I brought up uh, what I felt uh, were the reasons why we should make this change, and and um, you know, it would, you know, if you know, worst case scenario, we fall flat on our face and. You know, and it, uh, you know, but I, I was willing to take that chance, and we were willing to take that chance, and and uh, you know, after that switch was made, it was, I'd never seen Pat Simmons play so well in my life. He was, you know, it was just, mm-hmm. I was just a spectator at, during some games because I, you know, I felt like I was playing average, I was playing 85% maybe, and and Pat was just, uh, especially in that final, was, he was a man on a mission, and it was just uh, one of the coolest things to be part of and one of the proudest moments I've uh, you know I've had in my curling career. That's uh, quite the lineup switch, John. I'm going to give you one last switch up and before you go, uh, your family uh, invented the stabilizer, which I think may be the most influential piece of curling equipment in the United States. Almost everybody at our club uh, in Rochester initially learns to play with a stabilizer. I like to know uh, what it's like to know that you're part of a product that makes the game so much more accessible to people around the world. Well, you know, it's funny. I remember when I was a kid and my dad was making, you know, developing and inventing this thing. I was, we would be in the, in the unfinished part of our basement and he had a bunch of these models lined up that he was trying. And at the time in his career, he was sort of, you know, near the twilight of his competitive days and uh, he was frustrated in his game. So he was trying to find a way that could, uh, you know, um, you know, not get him better. And uh, so he was, I, I still remember all the prototypes in the basement and, and then uh, you know, and then he start, when he got when he invented this and and started off up at the Ottawa Curling Club, then uh, you know it, it seemed to gain quite a bit of pop- popularity. And the science behind it is quite you know quite uh, quite rational. You know, it just squares your shoulders up, and it's just uh, really cool to see that it's um, caught on uh, internationally. And um, I know that you know at, at the National Training Center in in Calgary uh, here, where all the top. Uh, uh, top, you know, uh, curlers in, in Alberta train. Um, we have, uh, you know, there's there's stabilizers behind every every sheet, and uh, yeah, it's just really cool to see that. And I know that it doesn't matter if you're a beginner and you're just getting into this for the first time. It, it makes uh, the, you know your initial delivery a lot easier, or else 
you know, you look at, at uh, players like David Nettowin and Colleen Jones and, and a guy like Reed Carruthers now who uses a stabilizer type of, a product. And, uh, you know, so it, it's, it helps at any level. And, um, it's just cool that, you know, my dad had the foresight and, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the dedication to, to come up with a product like that. And, and, um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, great that it's still staying in the family here. My sister now uh, owns and runs the company, and uh, she's a she's a massive curler, curling supporter, and it's good to see it stay in the family. Well, John, this is this has just been absolutely fantastic. Just a very special conversation. Uh, before we let you go, I just uh, let our listeners know what uh, what do you have coming up? What is next for Team Morris? Is obviously you guys get ready for the pre-trials in Summerside. What do you guys have between now and then to get ready for you know those all important trials coming up November the sixth through the twelfth? Well, we actually only have uh, we have one more event. We got uh, the Grand Slam and Lloyd Minster coming up next weekend. Yep. yep. And then, uh, so that's a, you know, that's a, a, a real big event for us. Oh, yeah. It's right in the heart of curling country in Canada here. So there'll be a lot of fans. And, and then, uh, uh, but we also have a, a big training camp. We're going to get together, uh, you know, three or four days before those pre-trials and put in a real good camp here uh, at the Glencoe here in, in, uh, in Calgary. And, and uh, there's not a doubt in my mind we're going to be uh, chomping at the bit and 100% ready for those pre-trials in Summerside. So I can't wait to get at her. Well, that's awesome. As you mentioned earlier, you know, you guys pull for, you know, the Team USA down here. I can, I think I can safely say for, for Joe and myself, and I know a lot of our listeners, maybe all of our listeners, uh, that might be a little bit dangerous. But, John, I, I know when the U.S. Is, isn't in it, I, our hearts are with our Canadian friends here across the border. You guys and you guys just obviously the bar setters when it comes to world-class curling around the globe. This has just been fa- fantastic, John Morris. Thank you so much for a few minutes of your time tonight. It's been awesome. My pleasure, guys. Uh, yeah, it's been a treat you know, chatting with you guys tonight, and and uh, thanks very much for helping the game of curling grow. Well, all the best, John. Can't wait to thanks do this. Lot, John. Can't wait to do it again soon. All right, when we come back, Joe Calabrese and I, we're going to wrap this thing up here on the Extra Extra In Podcast with the 12th In Sports Network, powered by Isagenics. Whenever you travel for bond spiels, business, or other travel, Please remember to go to TESN.us and click on the Expedia banner. When you book your travel through the banner on TESN.us, a small portion of that booking goes to TESN affiliates. If you like TESN, please remember to support our affiliates by clicking on the Expedia banner when you travel. Thanks for supporting our affiliates. All right, Joe, let's put the finishing touches here on Episode 7 of the Extra Extra Podcast with the 12th In Sports Network, powered by Isagenics. Joe, I'm not sure, you know, we've had a bigger show, but each week we get bigger and we get better right here on the Extra Extra End. Yeah, you like your uh, Olympic gold medalist, do you, Price? <laughs> I do, I do. I, I You know, I, I got to tell you, between you and me and between our listeners here, it's not every day that you get talk, you get to talk to a three-time Super Bowl champion, and then at the same time, a few hours later, you talk to Olympic gold medalist. So I'm just going to say, talking to a three-time uh, Super Bowl champ and then Olympic gold medalist, I've had a pretty good day, Joe. Yeah, it's not not a bad life there, Price. 
<laughs> as, as you want to give me a hard time. But, you know, really great stuff here. Again, you can listen to the Extracts and Podcast every single week just simply by going to iTunes, by going to the Apple Podcast app on your smartphone. You got a smartphone? Everybody does. Just go to the Apple Podcast app. Go to the search menu and search the Extra Extra in. You cannot miss us. It's that easy. Hit subscribe, and while you're there, give us a rating, write a review. It only takes 30 to 60 seconds. The more people that like, rate, review, and share, the quicker and easier it is for curling fans around the country and abroad to find out what we do here on the Extra Extra Podcast as we are barreling toward the 2018 Winter Olympics. Joe, And we've got the Olympic trials coming up just in a couple weeks at Baxter Arena in Omaha. Yeah, you know what, Price, uh, if you got your U.S. curling news mailed to you this week, you may have noticed a little blurb about uh, the TESN uh, partnering with uh, NBCSN and bringing those Olympic trials to you. Um, We've alluded to it a little bit here on the podcast, but I can officially say now we're going to be there and we're going to be webcasting uh, those round-robin draws uh, for NBCSN. So we're pretty excited about that. Um, It's it's just... uh, one more thing that we uh, have been able to uh, say that we're able to bring to the U.S. curling public, and we're really excited about it. Yeah, we absolutely are, and it's going to be a great week in Omaha as we're bringing the sights, sounds, uh, behind the scenes, social media, all kinds of great stuff. And not to be outdone, we will give you a live special, the Extra Extra In podcast from Omaha, Joe, as we will record one Maybe we might even do two. We'll see what kind of shenanigans we can get into. I just have a feeling we're going to have a lot of fun special guests, a lot of uh, you know special twelfth in uh, sports network, uh, you know fifth in breaks. We're going to have with interviews. It just should be a fun week. There's all kinds of stuff we're going to bring you right there from Omaha. I cannot wait. Yeah, it's 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 uh, going to be the highlight of our uh, curling year. That's for sure. Uh, real excited about it. Can't wait to do it. Uh, but before we go, Price. Yep. We had to talk quickly about uh, the Rochester Curling the Gathering Spiel. It's uh, April 13th to 15th, and it's a fundraising bond spiel to benefit the Urban League of Rochester. And if you want some more information about that, you're going to go to www.rochestercurling.org. It's called Curling the Gathering. It's a spiel like no other uh, where you get to bid on power-ups that you can use to either enhance your own chances of winning or hinder your opponent's. Price, would it be like? Wouldn't it be great if you had uh, an extra, extra hammer? And uh, it's a, it's something you could bid on <laughs> in our spiel. So, um, you know, it, it's one of those types of things that you can you can bid on all these different uh, power ups and, and give yourself a better chance to win. And it all goes to a good good cause at the Urban League of Rochester. That it absolutely does, and especially as you just mentioned, we will not mention NFL football here as we close up shop. My team are big fat losers to the Philadelphia Eagles, while your team goes unscathed as you had the week off. But we yeah, will, we didn't lose this week, Bryce. We had a we had a good week. Yeah, no doubt about it. Is we uh, the Carolina Panthers? They actually took the gas pipe to the Philadelphia Eagles. Absolute gas piped at twenty eight to twenty three last Thursday. It feels like an eternity, but you know what? That's uh, that's why you play them. And I have a feeling the Panthers will come back strong this week, Joe. Yeah, we have uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here at home for the Buffalo Bills coming up this weekend, and uh, I'm looking for us to get back into the win column. I'm hearing uh, Jameis Winston didn't didn't practice today, so he, who knows who it could be? Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, quarterback in those Buccaneers, and I know from history, Bills history, 
at the type of quarterback play of Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm feeling pretty confident. Well, right. since you have front row seats as a Bill season ticket holder, I've got something special for you. I think I'm going to be able to hook my man up, TJ Reeves, the sideline reporter for the Tampa Bay Bucks. I'm going to have him make sure he makes a beeline to your seat uh, on oh, Sunday please. because a good friend of mine who voiced the intro to this show, TJ Reeves, is the Tampa Bay Bucks sideline reporter, the voice of our intro here on the Extra Extra In podcast. He is going to come see you. I'm going to go ahead and make you that promise, Joe. That's great. I'm right on the visitor sideline of the end zone, so it should be no problem to find me. All right. Well, I'm going to have that taken care of. We have you taken care of here on the Extra Extra In podcast all season long. We got a whole lot coming to you after the Olympic trials, but we'll get to that much later as we get ready for the upcoming Olympic trials at Baxter Arena in Omaha, November the 11th through the 18th. Let's go ahead and get out of here for Price Atkinson, Joe Calabrese on the Extra Extra Podcast with the 12th Sports Network powered by Isogenics. We'll see you again next week. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with Price Atkinson. Follow Price and the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, and guests for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In Podcast, powered by Isogenics. At Discount Tire, you can shop online and get the same trusted advice you get from the stores. Then just book a time that's convenient for you. When you get to the store, you can stay safe with a new touchless experience. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva Paper Towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva Paper Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more.